Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. Episode 32. So, Hellboy. Yeah, well, this is the celebratory episode of both Baby Jesus and Baby Peter. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, hooray! Hey! And for... Who's Peter? Some some chungus. <laughs> <laughs> and for for gifts for these two babies, you can tell all your friends to listen to us. Yeah. And buy a cool mug. <laughs> or make a suggestion on what you'd like to see. And uh, we could probably make it happen. Probably. Yeah. There's nothing too obscure. Or something that we'll have to get licenses for. Right. Or something like really long. Like a rope? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No ropes. No ropes. No ropes. (laughs) Drawing a line in the sand. Uh, If you want to spelunk, you're out of luck. Uh, okay. So, welcome to Hellboy in Hell. It, where where he's just called Boy. Yes. <laughs> no, he's not. No. But, uh, it's, uh, Mike Mignola. Mignola? Mignola? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, out on Dark Horse. Yep. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. I don't think there's been a Hellboy uh, story I've not enjoyed. Right. Um, I always appreciated uh, the art style for Hellboy. It's like blocky and like abstract and weird. Well, it's not super abstract. No, you can tell what's going on. Right. But it's um, it's a definitive art style. Yeah, it's uh, it's I don't want to call it simplistic. Because simplistic is like... Well, it's illustrative with its use of colors. Yeah, yeah. It's the best way I could put it. Flat coloring. Mm-hmm. And if there is any shading, it's just like true saturated... <clears throat> excuse me. True saturated colors of mm-hmm. just like a slightly different hue or whatever. Right. But it works really well uh, in, in uh, building the atmosphere I for, agree. for the stories. It's good shit. I... Also liked that he went to hell and was put on trial by his sister? Yeah, or his half-sister. Half-sister. I didn't know he had a sister. Well, now you do. Yeah. There's a lot I don't know about Hellboy. But bringing that up... um, Shit. What was he put on trial for now? Oh, the murder of his uh, dad and brothers. Okay, that's right. Yes, yes. Golem. Golem? Golem. Halibut. <laughs> That's a completely different story. It, but I do like that is. moment. Yeah, I don't know why I got those wires crossed. <laughs> but let's talk about that golem real quick. <laughs> it's a golem that is uh, fascinated with fish. Yes. And, and he exclaims, Halibut! <laughs> With no context, other than he was listing other fish. Yeah. So maybe he just really likes halibut. He must. That's the top tier fish for that golem. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And to be fair, halibut is delicious. <laughs> it's not my favorite. No? I mean, it's fine. Okay. But I go for a different fish. Like what? Like so a salmon. Salmon? Yes, or a tuna. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now I kind of want a tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> I had tuna and crackers the other day. It was delicious. Hell yeah. And then also... I thought it was hilarious. So that was like towards the middle of the story uh, as Hellboy's going through hell. But up front, he is um, playing a card game or getting ready to play a card game, presumably with death at that point. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Hellboy goes, what are we playing? And death's just all like, it it doesn't matter. They're all the same. (laughs) They're all they're all the same to me or whatever. And then he flips the fuck out. And, like, I guess Hellboy betrayed him previously. Mm-hmm. And he's turned into a bat and, like, freaked the fuck out. Right. And smacked into a, a, a wall or a cross or something. Yeah. And it was so funny because he was just this little tiny bat. And he's like, boing. <laughs> yeah. And he's supposed to be menacing and angry and a. He just was clumsy bat that ran into something. Yeah, and, like, uh, Mike does a good job, like, injecting humor wherever, like, it fits. Yeah. And it doesn't feel forced. Nope. It's just like, ah, ha-ha. <laughs> nice little chuckle in this not necessarily funny story. No, it's pretty grim and a little depressing. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, like... Hellboy fought his entire life against, like, supernatural creatures, and now that he's dead, he doesn't get any rest. Nope. He, gets, he has to fight some more. Yeah, he gets a different dimension or a different world, he even said. Right. Trading one world for another. And it's still the same shit. And it's the same fucking shit. Yep. Yeah. And speaking to that grim world-building note, the... Uh, river of blood, or lava blood, Yeah. whatever... The source of that is Satan's cut throat. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) That's a lot of blood in a normal-sized being's body. It's pandemonium amounts of blood. Yeah. You think he just, like, feels really tight all the time, and that's why he's, like, evil and angry? Yes. (laughs) The the pressure's just... Right. Yeah. Because, you know, like, uh, if you work out or whatever, you, you get a pump, right? Yes. It's like... Uh, extreme version of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then wouldn't it be like a Satan geyser instead of just a river? That's a good point. This is a <laughs> old faithful. Oh, oh well, no. well, maybe it's like really thick, so you can't get a lot of like <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't jet out because it's too thick, so it just kind of bubbles out. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to spin Old Faithful into something, so I didn't make the connection, but then, like, Old Faithful uh-huh. of Satan blood. You could still be faithful for Satan, right? Like, Oh, yeah, sure. Hmm. I mean, that's what, like, the princes of hell, right? Yes. Satan guys. So, I mean, so Yellowstone is a portal to hell, is what I mean. Yeah. At. Okay. And, and Old Faithful is actually, uh... Fuck. Now I was I was trying to make a joke about Old Faithful, but it, I can't do it. It's it's Satan's vagina. 
<laughs> I was trying to uh, connect Old Faithful with Old Scratch. <laughs> you, you have no. I, I'm pretty. I'm almost like 99% positive that Old Scratch is like a nickname for the devil. Oh, for real? Yeah, from the south. Ah, yeah. So it was like Old Faithful, Old Scratch. There's something there. I can't get there. Yeah, I like that neither of us could get where we needed to. No, nope. we are not very faithful. <laughs> We're old, though. Yeah, yeah. We're old. We got half the equation. How did you feel about the monster thingy yelling? Was it... Halibut? Halibut! Yelling Wilbur? Wilbur. Wilfred? Anyway, the creepy monster... That was chasing after the dude, and the dude's like, take this petrified cat and oh, this coffin cat, out into yeah. the alleyway, and I'm going to lay in it and do some nanny, shanny, banny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then he laid inside a coffin while Hellboy fought this giant monster right. that was yelling this person's name. And it boiled down to how I took it was he was... Putting a spell on this petrified cat or whatever, and then the cat became alive and started escaping. Mm-hmm. And then Hellboy is another instant of Mike giving you some humor because the cat's freaking the fuck out and he's holding it by the tail. He's like, "I'm fucking trying to hold on to it." And he his resolution was to like uppercut the cat. <laughs> and there's a panel where it looks like the cat's just basically doing a cartwheel. Into outer space. It's not outer space. Right. And that was hilarious. And to add even more to that, the trope that if it fits, it sits with cats in boxes. (laughs) I don't know if you meant it, but there was a cat in a box. And this giant monster got its soul inside this petrified cat in a box. And that was the resolution for getting rid of that giant monster Mm -hmm. was a cat in a box. And I thought it was cute. If it fits, it sits. If it fits, it sits. And it fit really well. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a fun sequence. Uh, and, like, from what I remember, like, the giant dude was just, like, pissed off about nothing. Yeah, I didn't... I, he was a... It was, like, somehow, like, the dude, like, quote-unquote wronged him in, uh, in life. And now he's, like, he spent his eternity, like, I guess, like... Uh, Taking the dude to court in <laughs> hell? That's, that's where... The, yes. Yes. <laughs> the hell court. And he got off. Yeah. That's why he was upset. He's, the dude was pissed or whatever. And he got off. He was like, oh, you're free to go. Mm-hmm. He's like, what the fuck? Now he's going to be a giant. Yeah. I could have done this earlier, but <laughs> I want to go through the proper channels. <laughs> System fails yet again. Exactly. You got to punch cats. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't punch cats unless their name is Goblin. Oh yeah, don't even well, then don't do it. That's just a bad joke. Just don't actually do it. Just poke him in the stomach a couple times. Yes, that's what he gets. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the towards the end too. It was really exciting to see the uh, I guess Leviathan fight. Oh yeah, that was fun. I was like, oh Godzilla in hell, right? Sweet. And uh, I noticed. He was also fighting a 
I think they called a called it a behemoth. Yes. Yeah. And I noticed the design looked very similar to uh, the creature in the movie, with the first one, with the weird that kept regenerating, and this guy like yes. weird club arms yes. and shit. It's like, I kind of wonder if uh, that's where Guillermo got the idea from, or if it's because in the movie it's like a completely different thing. It wasn't called Behemoth, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I can't recall when this was put out versus the movies. Yeah, I have no idea. I that is one. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The movies were good though. Yeah, they were fun. At oh, least yeah. the first two. Is there more than that? Yeah, there was a reboot with uh, David Harbour as Hellboy. Oh, okay. I haven't seen yeah. that. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's probably fine. Yeah. I also didn't realize because I had mentioned I randomly picked up this trade while I was in a library looking for like Dune and Foundation. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't find, so I ended up buying Dune, which is what I've been reading, and it's great. But, anywho's, I picked it up in the library and read the full thing in the library, which Hell was yeah. a weird experience that I haven't done, like, ever. I don't think I've ever read a trade in a library in completion. I haven't. So, it the covering of it doesn't show any indication that this isn't a standalone bit but apparently this is like volume two of a hellboy in hell run I right guess. yeah but it felt fine by itself mm-hmm. i felt like the story was completed and satisfying without having read volume one of hellboy in hell did you feel there's like loose ends i think that... this is volume one is it yeah i don't think so no i think this death card is volume two and then the first one is something else. Huh. I'm pretty sure. Well. Anyway, it reads well enough yeah. as a standalone. Yeah, you don't need too much background information. Maybe know who Hellboy is and what he did in life. Not even. Like, this is... If you don't know anything he did in life, this is still just a Hellboy character in Hell that's disconnected well. If you do know cool but i don't think you need to know yeah i suppose like his paranormal investigation crap yeah doesn't matter on this these are just weird standalone yeah for the most part yeah supernatural things and i feel like at least with the hellboy that i've read uh, a lot of it is like a bunch of standalone stories yeah anyways okay um now back to the movies real quick uh so in in the comics, Hellboy isn't really that big. Yeah, he's not super bulky. He's like pretty uh, lanky yeah. looking. So I kind of wondered like, what was the decision there on the movies to make him like really big? Hollywood, you think? It's like this guy can't beat monsters. He's too small. It's got to be. It's got to. This is a superhero flick. Gotta have some beef to him if yeah. he's not shooting lasers or whatever. Well, regardless, I'm glad uh, Ron Perlman was Hellboy because he was great. He he really was. Yeah, <laughs> fucking fantastic. Um, did you read any of the uh, little notes about like uh, some of the characters, the secondary characters? Yeah. Yes. I, that like that makes me really wonder like so. Does Mike and the writers, like, literally just, like, look up weird, like, people from history and, like, throw them in, in, in their comics? 
I because like reading this, like, oh wow, that's those people like really existed because like the the two the two dudes, right? They seem so insignificant in like history that like you have to. I would think you have to look really hard to like find out about those two dudes. Probably, yeah. That's like that's so yeah. That makes me wonder like does does Mike just like spend his day in like Wikipedia land, just looking up obscure shit? Why not? Yeah. yeah. He probably is. Yeah. I don't want to talk to people. I want to <laughs> just look at this and make more comics. Right. But it was cool that they did those little inserts at the end. Right. I enjoyed it. It's basically all the main side characters had their own little short profile. Right. Written out. Yeah. And then there was a short comic at the tail end that I did not even read. Oh, really? Yeah. It was fun. What was it? It was um, it was kind of like a little fable. Oh, okay. A cautionary tale about greed. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like um, a dumb dude uh, pretends to be makes a deal with a uh, demon to be a fake exorcist. To be a fake exorcist? Yeah. So the demon makes a deal with the dude. Is like, okay, here's a magic spell. You can use it to uh, uh, banish me. But only use it three times. So the dude uh, uses a spell to banish him and uh, makes money off of it by, you know. Oh, uh, got yeah. it. I understand now. Uh, and then in the end, he decided to do it one more time because, hey, why the fuck not? And then he's found out and denounced as a charlatan and killed. No. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently it's based off of uh, old um, Russian folklore. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Are there potato snacks <laughs> uh, and potato drinks? You know what? Like, I bet there was. <laughs> it, it wasn't uh, specific, but yes. Yes, it potato was. Potato snacks and potato drinks. And I said it that way because I couldn't remember what the fuck they were called. Pierogies. Pierogies. There we go. I knew vodka. That's easy. <laughs> but I just kind of stared at you for a second. I was like, come on, brain. Give me the word I need. Nope. Okay, potato snacks it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew vodka, but went with potato drink to uh, uh, to keep with the theme. Yeah, well, I did that so that it didn't seem like I didn't know what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm being funny. And then it really wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> And now I have to explain everything. Which <laughs> makes it really funny. It makes it a story time comedy adventure. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you guys get a two for one. We talk about a story, and then we tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. A Cursed Possession by Cultus Profano is the album out in 2020. And it is very uh, kind of traditional-ish sounding black metal. It is black metal. Yes. Yep. And it's very one note. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's like 
I mean, for me, the songs were almost just completely interchangeable. Mostly. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it, even with saying that, because it was minimal, like, wee-woos, <laughs> you know, or dissonant riff little thing, just straightforward black metal with driving drums, and it was a great fun time for one song for 40 minutes. <laughs> I liked it. I couldn't discern track from track. Yeah. But it was giving me what I was wanting. Yeah. I was like, cool, whatever. But it doesn't have those, I guess they're called hooks or any standout recognizable moments. Right. They had some cool riffs. They had some cool driving drums and black metal vocals. And it was hitting all the black metal notes. And I was happy with it. Yeah, I mean, for me, this would be, like, it would be something fine to put on, like, maybe at a gathering or a party or something, just, like, as background music to not really pay attention to. Yeah, playing Magic, put it on. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't find myself, I don't, yeah, I, I don't see myself listening to this album again, really, just, I don't know, it's just nothing about it got me really excited. Yeah. Um, if it comes on, I'm not going to object. Right. But, okay, um, so how many albums, like, have you listened to where it's literally just in one year and not the other? Like, you, you, you I, I can't answer that because it's in one year, out the other. Fair. I know I've listened to a lot. Yeah. This well, is, this is one of them. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I processed the experience as it was happening and then the minute it was over, I remember nothing about it yeah which you know well it's it's black metal but it was good doing the basic yeah tenets it does black metal well but like beyond that there's for me there's just nothing making it stand apart from anything else really yeah but then again at the same time I'm not nearly as versed in black metal as maybe some other people. Right. Well, I did did appreciate that it was, we'll say, a newer American black metal band that doesn't sound like war metal. Okay, yeah. You know, and this isn't a knock against any of these genres I'm going to talk about. And it's not something that's like the Cascadian black metal wolves in the throne room type stuff mm-hmm. it's more of um the derivatives from the original black metal stuff like it's not mayhem it's not death crush but mm-hmm. it's i guess the swedish early swedish black metal maybe a yeah. little bit is what this feels more in line with and coming from america that's nice it's like yeah. oh we have something that's not these Blasphemy worship or folky black metal type stuff. Like, right. This is just straightforward, simplistic in nature, which is fine. Black metal. And it's like, oh, cool. Hooray, America. Kind of. Two-piece? I don't really know. Yeah. I think they are, but then they have live musicians or maybe session musicians. Gotcha. I don't know the ins and outs. I did find out, though, <laughs> that the drummer is also in sadistic intent. Okay. And had I known at the time, it would have been like, I could have had this band play also. (laughs) For like one 
more person. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, live and learn. Yeah. I also, with this album, learned that I don't actually know what an opus is. Opus? Yeah. In that, like, uh, like you, somebody's masterpiece or something? Well, that's the Magnum. Magnus. Magnum. Magnus. Magnus Opus. Magnus Opus, the great butcher. (laughs) Magnum Opus is that, right? Yeah. So I guess Opus is just work. Okay. Big work. Because every title on this album is something, 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 Opus number. Huh. But then on top of that, the numbers aren't in any sequential order. Or anything. So I don't know what an opus is. And I don't know why everything's an opus. Well. Like you. You have. Your your theory man. Is it related to theory in any way? I don't think no? so. Okay. No. I, I, I mean like. What magnum opus is great work right? So opus would be work. Because magnum is great. Yeah. So it's just work. <laughs> something something work 32 <laughs> well i've always related it to classical yeah. stuff i see it in very i don't have an example but various classical names composers names yeah and it's so-and-so's something opus blah it's like i don't know what that means anything is just like work piece okay then product. Why the fuck do they have this in I, non-sequential order? Are they just writing hundreds of songs and then picking? So, oh, this is Opus 37 and this is Opus 12. That's actually an interesting way to work. Like, just write a shit ton of songs and then, like, pick and choose which ones, like, work together on an album. Mm-hmm. And then just like, well, you know, this, is, this was, yeah, this was song 50. But it's going to be uh, song three here, and I just don't feel like renaming it. You could do that. They didn't do that. Because they, if they, we're just going to say, if they went on with what you suggested and how you did it and named everything Opus 1 through 100, Mm -hmm. and then they chose 50, they also appended a title to every single one. Well, maybe they had the title beforehand, too. Oh, okay. So, um... Swarm of uh, Buzzards, Opus number 83. Mm-hmm. That's, and I just took it. Yep. Got it. Fair enough. On that, I also briefly found out that that's how Lee from Monstrosity likes to write albums. Really? Make a bunch of, not to that extent, well. but organize and create and make a bunch of songs. More than an album's worth, Mm -hmm. and then kind of, of those, narrow down to the best of the best. Because you may write a song or two, but then the third song's actually the real banger, right? Right. So I was like, oh, that seems like a lot of extra work, but makes for potentially a better product. Right. That's cool. Now I have that insight into monstrosity now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's that is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it it I'm 
personally of the opinion, get it out the door as best you can. Yeah. Otherwise, you just wait forever. Right. And you sometimes don't get it out the door. Yeah. So if I'm making an album, we'll say seven tracks, that's a lot of fucking work. I couldn't imagine trying to do ten tracks. Yeah. It's like, we have seven, let's just fucking go with it. <laughs> Who cares? Like, we'll write three more, put an EP out, whatever. Right. But it, it's like, nope, we need to write ten. Fuck! <laughs> I mean, that's generally how I work, too, I think, is like, okay, like, I don't know if I have another song, mm-hmm. like, in me. Right. So, like, this is what I have now. Let's just go with it. Yep. And, and do these songs as best as we can. Yes. Though, I guess... Well, yeah, I don't know if Lee and Monstrosity are professional musicians or if they have to suffer the day-to-day grind. Also. Yeah. Day-to-day grind does make it a lot yeah. harder. Yeah. <laughs> I could see Lee not having to do that. He probably, between terrorizer and monstrosity and then other things he could probably doesn't have to i don't know if he does or doesn't yeah but i can tell you that cultus profano definitely has to have day-to-day grind jobs <laughs> but no way this band's providing them income right at least well, not now <laughs> yeah <laughs> who knows in the future maybe no this no so no <laughs> and it's not anything against them it's just it's no. <laughs> well, maybe they can pull it over. What? Well, could be. Yeah. It's something completely different. Their technical grind for the next album. That might be cool. I think. <laughs> Complete pivot. Yeah. Same name, same imagery. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Can you imagine seeing a grind show with uh, uh, corpse paint? And, and, like, purple lights and candles yep. and maybe some fire. <laughs> I guess fire's on candle, but, yeah. Actually, I think that'd be kind of cool. And then a pig's head or something. Right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Do that. That's your next album, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. It's not an album. It's <laughs> not an album. That's, that's just, like... <laughs> Here's your next show. Yes. But also play different music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. wants a scratch pad. <laughs> it's my scratch pad. <laughs> she looks like she's guilty of doing something. <laughs> but she's doing it anyway. Maybe she pooped. It's like, <laughs> well, I'll just come here and look cute. <laughs> so nobody will get mad. Yeah. And that usually works. Mm-hmm. I'd take all our anger and frustration out on that one. Stupid goblin. <laughs> How dare you don't poop. How dare you make cornbread poop in the wrong spot. <laughs> yes. Run away in shame. 